So good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM which is a Come and See Inspirations production being produced in our Come and See studio here in Ada and it's the 4th of July, it's the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley and help me to present the programme uh, today again, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you Shane. Good morning John, how are we keeping? Very good, thank you very much for joining me Shane and I know you'll join with me and also in welcoming our listeners, especially those who listen to us who are housebound, uh, maybe lonely, can't get out so much these days and we know there's an awful lot of them. Uh, but when we meet them around uh, Newcastle West, around the, uh, around the town, they're thankful for the programme and we indeed thank them for listening and support us, especially in their prayer support. Just to remind listeners again, our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 Local Radio uh, at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. The 10am slot these days is devoted to broadcasting Mass Live from Abbeyfield Parish here in West Limit. And after that, then, we include some part of this particular programme to finish off the hour. But at 11pm, uh, as usual, we continue with our regular Sacred Space programme, which includes, obviously, Saints for the Week, some notices, uh, we have a faith topic we speak about, and, obviously, we read and reflect on the Word of God. All of our podcasts um, can be shared, uh, can be listened to, on our podcast uh, platform, which is commonseeinspirations.bushbread.com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations, you'll find us there. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, and also on other platforms, again, by just searching Come and See Inspirations. Likewise, on Facebook, if you just Google Come and See Inspirations, you'll find us there. And again, you can listen back to our weekly program. If you want to contact us at all during the week, and please do so, text us on 87 6088 667 That's 87 6088 or email at gmail.com. Now, listeners will be delighted to know that we're welcoming back Shane again to share with the Saints for the Week. I pressed the wrong button last week, and you guys had to put up with my feeble attempt for the Saints for the Week. But anyway... Shane, welcome back to Saints for the Week, boy. <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah, the irony of it, listeners, is I actually did do Saints of the Week last week. It just wasn't recorded. That's right. That's so, but right. anyway, but anyway, it's no hassle. No, it's no problem. It's no problem. So, as John said, today is the 4th of July. So, happy Independence Day to all our American listeners out there. Hope they're having a good holiday, keeping it safe. Um, it's for liturgically, we are looking at the 14th Sunday in ordinary time and the feast of St. Elizabeth of Portugal is not celebrated this year as the Sunday takes precedence. For those of us praying the Psalter, we're going to be on week two. So Monday, the 5th of July is the feast day of St. Anthony Zacharia, a, a medical doctor, a priest in Milan. He founded an organization or order called the Barnabites and he died in 1539. Tuesday, the 6th of July, on the Irish calendar, is the feast day of St. Monine of Kilevi, I think is how it's pronounced. She's one of Ireland's earliest women saints, and she founded a community which initially consisted of eight virgins and a widow with a baby in County Armagh. And they lived a life based on that of, of Elijah and St. John the Baptist, and she died around 518 AD. Also on the 6th of July, on the universal calendar, on the general calendar, is the feast day of St. Maria Goretti, who died, of course, in 1902. Famous saint, stabbed to death in defense of her virtue. And she's a saint very much held up as a virgin and martyr in, uh, in the 20th century. Wednesday, the 7th of July, is the feast day on the Irish calendar of St. Mulruan. St. Mulruan, uh, he's a bishop and Ar- an abbot, and he founded the monastery of Tala in County Dublin in 774 
And it was important um, at monastery because it introduced reforms, both liturgic, uh, important reforms into the organization of monasteries in the island of Ireland. Very well known in terms of his writings for liturgical and spiritual writings at the time in the early Christian church. And out of it came what was known as the Kelly Day Reform, and he died in 792 AD. Finally, oh, sorry, then Thursday the 20, sorry, Thursday the 8th of July, I beg your pardon, is the feast day of St. Killeen, or Killian, depending how you pronounce it, associated with the Diocese of Kilmore and the parish of Mulla. Uh, with 11 companions, he left Ireland and became a known as the Apostle of Turingia and Eastern Franconia, which is in Germany. And he was put to death in 689 AD. There's a very strong devotion to him on the continent in Würzburg and also throughout parts of Bavaria. So that's St. Kilian, whose feast day is the 8th of July. The 9th of July is the feast day of the, um, what do you call them? The Vietnamese, um, sorry, no, the Chinese martyrs, I beg your pardon. So it's St. Augustine, Zerong and Companions. They were converts to Christianity. St. Augustine was ordained a priest and he was martyred in 1815. And the memorial, this day, the feast day celebrates the 119 companions who were all martyred in China over several centuries, but essentially, especially during the Boxer Risings. And the Boxer Risings, there were a rising in, it was a revolution in China, which was trying to throw off the influence of foreign imperialists against the Chinese at the time. And they took it out a lot on the local Christian community. So they, so that's the, the, so in particular on this day, we also, I would say to people to remember the Chinese, the Chinese community, the Chinese church uh, in this difficult time, um, particularly trying to deal with the Communist Party in China. Communist Party in China is celebrating its 100th birthday this year. And unfortunately, of course, that means 100 years of oppression, repression and persecution mm -hmm. to pilgrims of, uh, to Christians of all denominations on mainland China. So remember them in your prayers this week. Saturday, the 10th of July is the feast day of Blessed Marie Gertrude de Report de la Zaire. Uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not repeating that a second time, John. Don't even ask. <laughs> she, her, she's remembered on the 10th of July or the 9th of July as well on some con on some calendars. She was an Ursuline nun and she was martyred in the town of Orange in during the French Revolution. Uh, 32 nuns from several orders. They spent 18 months in prison and they were finally executed for refusing to renounce Christ Christianity during the French Revolution. And they were guillotined at Orange in Vaucluse in France. And they were beatified by Pius XI in 1925. So that's what we have, John, in terms of liturgical odds and ends and the saints for the week this week. Thanks, Shane. Now, of course, as usual, I, I, I forgot all about the Pope's intentions last week again, of course, as usual, for, for July. But I was just looking at I was just looking at them there now, Shane, for July. And as you mentioned there about um, about the, the Chinese martyrs, I think the the Pope's intentions for July are very pertinent. Have you got them there, have you? Yes. So the Pope's universal intention for the prayer intention for the month of July is about social friendships. And he prays that in social, economic and political situations of conflict, we may be courageous and passionate architects of dialogue and friendship, which is a very, you know, it's an important one given the state of the world at the moment and growing conflict and focus on nationalized national agendas and so on and so forth. It's a, it's an important prayer intention, um, but from the Pope for this month. Thanks for that, Shane. Now I, I've just one one announcement here that I, uh, to to mention. Um, and this is Father Seamus Enright, the, the rector of Mount St. Alphonsus Church, the Redemptive Church in Rimmick, 
uh, just give me a text there during the week, advising me of an online summer retreat that's happening in the Redentist uh, from the 12th to the 17th of July. And that's online, of course, at nobina.ie. Mass will be at 10 a.m. Uh, each day. Talks are 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. And in between that, there's Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament at 12, 12 noon. So that's the 12th to the 17th of July. Mass is at 10 a.m. Talks 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. Adoration is on at 12, uh, 12 noon. And the preachers are Father Jerry Maloney, Father Lawrence Gallagher, and Father Seamus. And th- so that starts actually uh, next mon- Monday week. Monday week. Shane, I'm not too sure. Did you have anything you wanted to mention there? Yeah, so just in terms of announcements or kind of notices for people's attention, um, we've recently been in touch with Knock, the shrine at Knock, and there was two things just that they wanted to flag to people. So uh, every Tuesday online at 8 p.m., there's what's called the evening examen, or examen. And this is basically, it's been led by the prayer guides at the shrine. And basically what it is, it's a technique of prayerful reflection on the events of the day. It comes very much from the Jesuit tradition. And it, it's, it's used in order, it's helped people to detect God's presence and influence in our daily lives and our direct and discern what he's calling us to do. Um, it's an ancient practice in the church, very much associated, as I said, with actually with the Jesuits, although it, pre- it does precede the Jesuits, but it's very much associated with St. Ignatius of Loyola. And um, it's very much focused on helping us to see God's work in our whole experience. So that's every Tuesday, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. online on, Nock, on the Knock Shrine website. Then there is another Jesuit connection, actually, in Knock at the end of July. So the 25th of July to the 1st of August. Now, one of the reasons for that is uh, this year the Jesuits are celebrating a very special year. It's 500 years since um, St. Ignatius basically had his conversion experience. And we'll be talking to Father, uh, we'll be talking to Father Jerry Clark about that on the program um, in a few weeks' time. But from Knock, they are doing a week of Ignatian spirituality, the week of June, the 25th of July to the 1st of August. And it's very much a timeout for the journey. And they're inviting people to join them online for what is a six-day Ignatian retreat led by Bishop Alan McGurkin, who is actually a, a Jesuit. And it starts the 25th of July at 8.30 p.m. and it finishes August the 1st at 10.30 a.m. So basically what it consists of is three 20-minute sessions each day at different times. Uh, so that's half 10, four o'clock and half eight. And there's mass from the shrine at 12 o'clock each day. So that starts. Uh, now, you do need to register for that if you want to, to, to take part. Now, registration, the event is free, but the, the, you know, donations are always welcome. And that's available to what uh, that's uh, more information is available on knockshrine.ie, a week of Ignatian spirituality from the 25th of July to the 1st of August. As, as you mentioned there, Knock, um, we, we, we are going to be joined by somebody in Knock uh, from Knock, um, actually, on the program on the 1st of August. But now it's time for us to go for a spiritual communion prayer. And this is one, of course, these days, um, a lot of people can't get to Mass and receive um, and receive Holy Communion sacramentally. But the best way to receive these, of course, is in Holy Communion and Mass. Yet for those times you can't get Mass, you can still reach out to him by making a spiritual communion in prayer. And this is the prayer we pray each week on the program. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as being already there, 
I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Stay with us in part two, where we're joined by Mary McDade from Loch Derg, uh, who tells us what's happening these days, um, 2021 in Loch Derg. But in the meantime, we'll go for our first bit of music. Before we go for our first piece of music, John, for, just to say me. to people, um, they might want a pen and paper. Mary has some stuff that she's going to share with us, and you might want to jot it down. There's telephone numbers, websites, and things like that. Uh, so just if people are interested, just to have a pen and paper handy. She's not to be missed. This lady is very good. Anyway, in the meantime, we'll go for our first bit of music. And maybe up, up at June, it's by the Emmanuel community. And this one is entitled Holy Spirit Come. So join us again in part two where we chat with Mary McDead. Yeah. 
So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space 102 FM. My name is John Keeley, still joined on the other in the Zoom line by uh, Shane Ambrose. And today we have a special guest, as we usually try to uh, keep in touch with what's happening around the Catholic world, events, pilgrimages, etc., etc. This week we decided to contact Loch Dog in County Donegal. And welcome to the programme, Mary McDade, who's a member of the Loch Dog Pilgrimage team. I think her actual, I think her, her title is, official title is the Director of Pastoral Services. Anyway, Mary, you're very welcome to the programme and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, John and Shane. It's great to be with you today. So Mary's going to share a little bit about what's happening in 2021. But just before, Mary, we start on that, um, there's some of our listeners who mightn't know much about Loch Derg. They might have heard about it, uh, but they, they, they don't know much about Loch Derg, the pilgrimage site. Can you explain to us maybe where it is and a little bit about the history, please? Certainly. Uh, probably many of your listeners are more familiar with the other Loch Derg, which is down <laughs> in the country, uh, near, near your area. But we are in Loch Derg in County Donegal. Um, and while it's very often just referred to as Loch Derg, actually Loch Derg is the name of the lake. The pilgrimage site itself is uh, more properly called St. Patrick's Purgatory or the Sanctuary of St. Patrick. So it's an island location in the middle of, of I say, Loch Derg, near uh, the Donegal-Fermanagh border, uh, and the closest town or village is Pettigo, and it's about a half an hour from Donegal town, so just to situate it in, in people's minds, that's that's the location. Um I'm just looking here uh, at a, a, a book that actually the current prior wrote many years ago, and he has in it a copy of Vitalius's map of Ireland from 1560. And Loch is one of the very few places shown on it in, in all of Ireland from 1560. So that takes us back 500 years. But in fact, Loch the pilgrimage, goes back even much further again. Uh, there is a larger island uh, behind the, the station island, which was called, is called Saints Island. And it is there that a monastery was set up in the 5th century by the Celtic monks. And that was then subsequently taken over by the Augustinian monks, then the Franciscan friars, and then in the 1700s, the diocese uh, were located in the diocese of Clotter, and the diocese took responsibility of it from the late 1700s. So basically, from the 5th century, Loch has been a place of pilgrimage. So it's incredible history, uh, really. Um, it has changed a little bit over the time in that way back in the mid in the mid uh, medieval times, the pilgrimage could have been anything up to fifteen days duration. Uh, it it's definitely reduced to nine and then six, and now the traditional pilgrimage is now a three day pilgrimage. Um, and on the three day pilgrimage, people. Uh, arrive on the island on their first day, having fasted from midnight the night before. They stay awake all of the first night, keeping vigil and praying as they, they keep vigil. And then on their second night, they go to bed on the island, and then they depart on their third day, but maintaining their fast until midnight of their third night. So it's a three-day fast. The entire pilgrimage is done barefoot, and that's something maybe that puzzles people sometimes, you know, why the bare feet? And when someone explained it to me many, many years ago was, well, you know the story of the burning bush. 
when Moses asked when he said, take off your shoes for the ground in which you stand is holy ground. And I think that's very much part of the reason why the Lockdown pilgrimage is done in bare feet. Thousands, probably hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have obviously tread those stones over the past thousand years. And so we, as we do it, anybody who, who does the pilgrimage, we are walking literally in the foots of our ancestors, in the, in, in the footsteps of walking the same stones that have been there for a thousand years. And so we're praying with our entire body when we do the Lockdown pilgrimage. Now, it has often been said that it is the most difficult pilgrimage in the Western world. And it's not easy. But then, you know, nothing easy. Uh, nothing yeah. good comes easy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the benefits that people get from it are, are absolutely unbelievable. And it's interesting that just this coming week, uh, we have the Feast of St. Thomas on the, the, the 3rd of July. And Thomas was the doubter, doubting Thomas. And while we have people of enormous deep faith coming to Loch Derg on a, on a regular basis, we also have the doubters, the people who are searching. You know, and it's often said that that um, you know, true, true, the truth and and the proof comes from deep searching, and deep searching will bring deep truth. And we have those people coming regularly uh, to Lochder. Many pilgrims would tell us that their annual Lochder pilgrimage is their annual connection with the institutional church, um, and you know they they just get so much from it. And I think for me anyway, it's the authenticity. We have nine values associated with Loch Derg, and I suppose for me, authenticity is probably the biggest one. Um, our description of, of the authenticity is that we are in touch with one's best and truest self and with what really matters. And I think the fact that you're away from the mainland, there's no cars, there's no television, there's no radio. In fact, you can't even see a road from the island. You're so remote. And it's just to get that space and that time to be by yourself and to be with God, I think, is is the main. That's certainly what I get most from it, is is the getting away and the, the time and the space to be with God. Mm. It definitely links in, Mary, with, I suppose, some of the great pilgrim traditions on in Ireland, I suppose. The other one, anytime anyone says Loch Derg to me, the other place that automatically comes to mind is Patrick, of course, you know, yes. and the linkage mm-hmm. is there. But again, yes. as you said, there's that whole linkage where you are encountering the divine with body, mind and spirit. Yes. And yes. it's something which is actually common to so many faiths. Um, as someone who has has worked overseas and particularly in, in majority Muslim countries, it's the one thing that always struck me about those of the Islamic faith, and particularly when they did their Hajj to Mecca. Again, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a requirement for a Muslim, experience. you know, and it's a body yeah. experience, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole way that they pray is involving the body, and it's very much linking yeah. to what we are as Christians in terms of our faith is an incarnational faith, which means you know God came into our world, He came to walk amongst us, He came to yes. accompany us in our lived experiences. And I mm-hmm. sometimes I think we we kind of forget that, particularly in Ireland. Sometimes we have a tendency to have a very high theology. We put God on a cloud, and He's out there. And it's it's good to remember that it's it's not he, he it's it's what it's what he walks with us. And, now, and I think Jesus walks with the pilgrims in walking with one another. Mm. You know, there there is very often as much uh, good 
uh, derived from their pilgrimage in a pilgrim sharing their story with another pilgrim than there is with from the sermons or whatever they hear in, in the basilica. You know, it's the gathering of the people. It's the people walking and praying with each other, which is uh, a huge, and they're all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, many years ago, a friend of my father's had a um, serious illness and in fact had a leg amputated. And my parents went to visit him in a rehabilitation center in Dublin. And this guy was a very wealthy man. He had everything that he needed, you know. But he said to my parents, he says, this place, the rehabilitation center, reminds me so much of Loch Derg. He says, we're all the same here and it doesn't matter what we have at home. And Loch Derg is like that too. It's a great leveler. You know, mm. that everybody's the same. It doesn't matter what you have at home. You're coping with the same things on lockdown. Mm. And it really brings you back to, to base and, and really brings you in touch with, with everything that is, is good. I, I have to say, Mary, um, having done lockdown twice myself, my abiding memories of it are, is that the sense of pilgrimage, the sense of even achievement you have in doing it, Mm-hmm. And most of all, it's the, the midges. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. And and I suppose, and gosh, they, they affect me terribly, I can assure you. And I, I'm there for the whole summer. You're only there for three Over days. Three days yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, um, we, we get beyond that and see, you know, the, the, the real benefit. And I, I talked there about the values associated with Loch Dergan. I suppose if I were to choose three, authenticity would certainly be the first one. And the other two that I would put up there would be healing and hope. You know, um, there's great healing found on Loch Derg. And uh, Father Eamon Conway, who, who I know you know well, wrote a, a book recently on Loch Derg, and he called it the Island of Quiet Miracles. And it's those miracles of inner healing, not physical healing per se, but inner healing that happened day and daily on, on Loch Derg. And so many prayers and often for people seemingly impossible requests are answered on the Loch Derg pilgrimage, you know? Yeah, as you mentioned, as you mentioned, Father Eamon Conway there, Father Eamon, of course, is a great friend of the programme and we did have an interview with him in June 2019 about that book. Mm-hmm. And if people want to listen back, it's on the podcast page. Now, Mary, one of the things, obviously, talking about Loch Derg, one of the things, of course, is, you know, as you mentioned there, it's about Pubble Day coming together. Very much mm-hmm. it's, a, it's about people coming together. And obviously, at the moment, that's a problem. And unfortunately, for 2021, for the second yeah. time ever, we've had, you've had to cancel the pilgrim season because yes. of COVID. So mm-hmm. in terms of coping with COVID and kind of maintaining the tradition, what kind of innovations or what kind of things has the team been taking on in, in, in Loch Derg? Yeah, well, we've bowled ourselves over, really, with how we've coped with it, to be honest. Um, um, I mean, it's a huge loss to us in so many respects of not being able to open, as you say, for the second year running. But we we grabbed the opportunities that were there with, with both hands and we piloted last year um, something that we've been thinking of for several years and we're continuing with those pilots this year in a, on a very small scale. First of all, we have what we call the pilgrimage on the lake shore or the pilgrim path. Um, the ancient 
pilgrim path is is the way that people would have actually walked to Lauder because that was obviously the only form of transport uh, for many many years, and so we have redeveloped that developed that path that we can now walk twelve kilometers, well six out and six back in a loop. Um, right out to as close as you can get to Saint's Island, the original monastery uh, island, um, and we last year and again this year we are offering offering guided pilgrimages where the the prior or some of the rest of our team will walk with people and pray with them as they walk the pilgrim path. Now that pilgrim path is open every day for people just to walk on their own. In our visitor centre at the Lake Shore, we have a little leaflet of the prayers that they might say along the way, and we have little stations marked along the path where they can stop and say specific prayers. So even though they can't go on to the island, they can walk the pilgrim path, and at many, many points along the path, they're looking over at the island and actually see it maybe from angles they never saw it from uh, before. So that's one initiative which was very successful, but of course... COVID even closed us down on that last year, uh, but it's open at the moment. And um, if you, if people would like to watch our, our um, website, news will be going up on the dates on which Father Lau will be guiding more pilgrimages. But again, welcome any day just to come along themselves and walk the pilgrim path. Mm-hmm. We also took the opportunity last year to pilot residential retreats, which we've been thinking of again for many years to to use the place for a different purpose, if you like. And so we piloted two of those last year um, where we have 11 ensuite rooms, basically, that were used for staff and COVID restrictions don't allow shared bathroom facilities. So that was we're we're, uh, limited to a maximum of 11 participants. So we had two of those last year. They were fantastic. And uh, we have uh, two more of them this year coming up now in August. And we're really looking forward to that. But the way in which we reached out to the majority of our pilgrims who were missing their annual pilgrimage, if you like, was we offered last year and again, actually this weekend now, we are having the pilgrimage from wherever you are. So people were invited to do the pilgrimage at home or wherever they are, uh, while the prior and a few of his comrades do it on the island. Uh, so in solidarity with each other, everybody was doing it simultaneously. Um, even people in Australia and Canada will do it in real time. Not, you know, so they're, they're doing their vigil in the middle of the day, and then, <laughs> you know, but they join with us. And then myself and, and three other members of the team do it in the church in Pedigo where there's a webcam. And so people who are at home, and actually, you know, it's probably more difficult to do it at home, particularly if you're the only person in the household doing it. So you can go on to the webcam and we will be there doing the pilgrimage in full. Uh, There will be mass broadcasts. There will be all of the stations, the vigil talk. All of that will be on the webcam. And so people get the moral support from us uh, as we do it. They see us doing it and they do they pray it with us. So last year we had uh, over 600 people did it in that way. And as of, of um, Friday of, of this week, we had 500 registered to, to do it. So, you know, it, it's very, very popular and it's 
it's while it's certainly not ideal, at least it gives people that sense of of doing the the, the pilgrimage. I think it's great because it, it maintains the tradition if nothing else. Yes. And I, I think that's yes. as much as anything else, I think that is in that is important as well. Yes. John, were you gonna come in there? Just one question now, just before we finish off. There might be some of our listeners who might who might want to send in a petition. Can can people send in petitions? And how? Petition our, our email inbox is very full all okay. of the time with, with uh, petition requests. Because as I said, people really know that their prayers are answered in whatever way, in whatever way God knows best. And uh, on our website, there's a little tab called prayer. And people can go on there and that gives them a direct link uh, to submit a written petition or they can get a prayer card or and that will be sent out to them in the post if they want to say that they prayed for somebody else or direct email at info at Lockderg, and that goes directly to the prior. And for those of our listeners who might have email, I mean, can they can they post it? Can, in, they, in yeah, they, absolutely. They can put them in the post, Loch Derg, Pettigo, County Donegal, or they can lift the phone. And uh, one of my colleagues, Maureen Arnula, are always keen to pass on any prayer requests um, to the prior as well. And can you um, share the phone number with us? Yes, please? 071 98 61518. So there's so 071 98 61518. That's it. Yep. Okay. Mary, thanks a lot for coming. We'll have to leave it at that. Um, You're very welcome. Uh, we'll, Thank we'll, you so much. There's a piece of music that I was thinking of playing, and I, I got three options here. But I think the one that I, the one that I think I'll stay with now is, but it's by Monica Brown, and this one is "Lead Me, Guide Me." Maybe that might be one for Lockdurg. For, for those Lovely. people yeah. who'd love to go to Lockdurg, can't get there. Lead me, guide me in your way. Lead me, guide me in your way. Lead me, guide me in your way. Your holy way, oh my God. Lead me, guide me. 
Okay, welcome back again to the third part of Second Space, 102FM. My name is John Kelly. I'm still joined by Shannon Ambrose. I hope people really enjoy that uh, wonderful sharing there by Mary McDaid uh, from Lockdurg. And um, we are going to have Mary back later on during the year, um, just to type a few dates and so on and so forth. But in the meantime, we this is the time we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. And Shane usually prays this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed or our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for, amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. Jesus went to his hometown and his disciples accompanied him. With the comment of the Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And most of them were astonished when they heard him. And they said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been granted to him? And these miracles that are worked through him. This is the carpenter, surely. Son of Mary, brother of James and Joseph and Jude and Simon. His sisters too, are they not here with us? And they would not accept him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is only despised in his own country, among his own relations, and in his own house. And he could work no miracle there, though he cured a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. That's the Gospel for today, Shane. Um, Any thought you might want to share with us, please? Yeah, so this week's Gospel is always an interesting one. Um, And for me... The one thing that always strikes me about it is it's a very appropriate context, sometimes in an Irish context, um, because we definitely have a tradition in Ireland of not letting people get a bit too big for their breaches, you know, um, and, and, and that kind of thing. And there's a leveling instinct within us uh, sometimes. And I, it always strikes me. I always, it's always something that strikes me when I, when I come across this gospel, in, whichever one it is in terms of the synoptics. But I suppose if we, if we were to delve into it a bit more and we were to look at what is this gospel telling us this Sunday? What's, what is the thing that's coming across? What is it that it's trying to get us to think about, to reflect on? Because one of the things we always say on this program, John, is, of course, that scripture and the gospel was not something that was just written 2,000 years ago. As Christians, we believe Christ is as much present in the word proclaimed. So what is it that he is proclaiming to us this Sunday morning? And I suppose there's a number of ways of approaching it. The first one that struck me was, of course, that um, Jesus was coming back to Nazareth. And he was coming back. He wasn't coming home. He was on his pil- he was on his preaching route, you know, and he came back to what was his hometown. And the reaction wasn't exactly the most cordial. And I suppose that's true for anyone that's ever been away and comes back with new and novel ideas, because people are kind of going, "But where does your man think he's going? We know where he's from. We know, you know, what has he got to bring to this situation?" 
And it's, it's very easy, I suppose, for us to condemn the people of the village of Nazareth about it. But it's also something that we need to be very human and realistic about because it's our human instinct. People don't like change. It's the very, we, we don't. We're creatures of habit. We're comfortable in how we do things and how we know things. And there's this whole thing in the world called change management where you're trying to, how you're trying to bring about change be that social change, economic, finance, whatever it is. And we have here an example of, you know, the, the resistance that can be met when someone is trying to, you know, share something new with people. And, but it's not exactly something that we should stand and condemn people for. Because one of the things at the moment, which I, which you would be very conscious of, is there's a lot of conversations about the environment, about being very woke, about being conscious of rights of people, about equality, about awareness of others, a welcoming of others. And sometimes there's this whole thing, there's this whole thing called cancel culture. So this is this thing where if you're not in tune with the zeitgeist, if you're not listening and talking the language that people are saying is the right language to talk, you are cut out, you are cancelled, you are, even the terminology itself is very off-putting. And there's a danger there that there's no room and there's no scope for learning for in engagement, for dialogue, for conversion of hearts, for trying to reach out to people that have different views. And if anything we have learned over the last number of years, and I think that's something which looking across the pond, we were thrown the, you know, thrown the bricks at our cousins maybe in America, but even here in our own island, surely we are very conscious of what the requirement that's there for us to be able to reach out and talk to others who have different views to those that we have. It was the first thing actually, John, that struck me really much about this, about this, about this gospel, because when trying to reflect on the gospel, one of the things I often try to do is I try to put myself in the shoes of the people that are there and trying, and it struck me very much that whole thing of people not understanding alternative points of view is so important today because the world is very much fast changing. And particularly for those of us in West Limerick, you know, we're a rural part of the world. And sometimes it can seem that the powers that be or the forces around us don't seem to understand the way we do things, you know? And that's, that's, a, that's, a, common, that's a common fear and that's a common understanding of communities, not just rural communities, but small communities who feel that their way of life is being attacked or being threatened or is being taken away from them or is being usurped by somebody else or being told that they can't do things like cut and turf like they've done for years, like their fathers did before them, you know. And that's just, we have to be very conscious that people will have at different stages in life and different understandings. Now, one of the great, you know, one of the great phrases that was done a couple of years ago during the whole abortion debate was you had politicians that went on journeys. Do you remember that term, John? They went on journeys yeah, yeah. in terms of their political views about the acceptance or non-acceptance of abortion. And I, you know, now I won't, I'm not even going to get into the politics of it this morning. We'll be good. But the point I'm trying to make is each of us is on a journey in life in terms of understanding and understanding where we are and understanding our place in the world and understanding how the world works and how we fit into it. And we have to be very careful that if we have a particular view of things, that we are open to understanding where the other person is. is. 
with the reminder to each and every one of us that we are all made in the image and likeness of God. So because the person you're talking to may not be as, whatever the word you want to be, as woke as you, doesn't mean that they need to be shut out. They don't mean to be cancelled. They don't mean to be locked out of the conversation. That's not going to convert hearts and minds. And it was interesting, going back to this week's gospel, you know, we see this happening with Christ himself. His own neighbors, he wasn't able to convince them, you know, and sometimes that happens. That, you know, they had no faith because they had no faith in him because they knew who he was, or they thought they knew who he was in terms of, you know, surely he's the carpenter. He's the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Jude and Simon. His sisters too, are they not here with us? You know, so that whole thing of, well, we know you're breed, you're a seed breed and generation of you. So why would we listen to you? What have you got to that, you know, that we don't know, the rest of us don't know? So there's, there's, there's the other side of it too. There's the side that people don't want to listen. And there's that challenge for us this morning in asking ourselves the question, are we that side of the discussion? Are we the people that don't want to listen? That our minds are closed, that we're not able to listen to what others have to say and being open to the possibilities of change? You know, from the point of view of faith, it can be very difficult and it can be very challenging sometimes because... I often think, what must my grandparents and my great-grandparents have gone through at the time of the Second Vatican Council from a faith perspective, in terms of everything they had known before was completely upended in terms of faith and liturgy and practice, and suddenly it was all different, you know, and how they adjusted to that and how they got used to it and how they embraced it. And from a faith perspective, too, sometimes there's a challenge to us for a number of things. So, for example... There's a challenge in how we do things, how we as a praying community gather together and how we pray. Sometimes it can be very challenging because it can change. And that's something that we are trying to come to grips with in Limerick at the moment because of what's happening with this pastoral units and clustering and team ministry. And that can be difficult for us to think about. So when we're thinking about that, let's think about again, like the villagers of Nazareth trying to not listening to Jesus and asking ourselves, well, if we're opposed to it, are we like them or are we listening to what Christ is calling us to be? Or in another way, from a faith perspective, sometimes we can encounter someone who does something different that we don't particularly feel comfortable with. So for an example like this is maybe it's the way that they pray or maybe it's the way that they talk about their faith and or maybe it's the way that they're, they, they're looking around the world and how they understand the world. And sometimes you can see that, and sometimes the problem with that whole discussion is it falls down into this conservative, liberal, political analysis that's brought to our understanding of a faith culture, which is wrong. Because all of us are, body, are the images of God. All of us are brothers and sisters of Christ. And as St. Paul says in his letter, you know, there's no Jew nor Gentile, there's no Greek nor foreigner, there's no male nor female. We are all brothers and sisters with Christ. You know, so sometimes there's those discussions there. So when we're looking at this Sunday's gospel, it's kind of a case of where are the moments of, where are the encounters which sometimes can call tension and conflict? There was, a, there was a term that President Biden used when he was recently talking about his visit with the, the, the Russian president. He said, we're at an inflection point. I was going, well, what the blazes does that mean? And it's something similar for us as a faith community. We're at what this point in time where things can change and go one way or the other. 
And we're asking ourselves, well, what does it all mean? And we can always sometimes feel a bit lost. And we can be clinging on to fate by our fingertips. Anyway, it feeds into this whole disp- discussion that's going on. Where, you know, there's a national synod being called. And I was talking with John about this today, and we were all kind of going, what the hell does that mean? What does it mean for you and me in the, in the chair, in the normal pew, as we're trying to hold on to our fate with our fingertips? And we're worried about maybe how our sons or daughters or the grandchildren, maybe how they're practicing their fate and how it's different to what we expect or we experience or what we'd hoped or hoped for. You know, so... For me, this Sunday's gospel is very much around the idea of encountering difference and encountering change in something that does seem familiar at the same time. And the question for us this weekend, I think, is very much how we would fit into that story. If you were standing in that week's, this week's Sunday gospel, where are you in the crowd? I think for me, that is the question I was asking myself this Sunday. And I suppose the thing about it was that last line that Jesus had, that, that, that is there, he was amazed at their lack of faith. And sometimes when it comes to challenging and encountering things that are different, we are asked to take a leap of faith into something new, into something different, to be able to say to ourselves, sure, I'll chance it and see what happens. And when it comes to faith and it comes to encountering the divine, that is a leap of faith by definition, because we don't know what's going to happen. And that's what it is to be Christian, is to be open to the God of surprises and how that might interrupt into your life, be those moments of divine encounter through other people or through events or through what's happening. And particularly in these changing times that we have you know, as we're struggling to come out of COVID. Shane, thank you very much, Nate, for, for sharing that. Lovely. Thank you. Some thoughts for us to take away. Just a quick one there uh, myself in terms of the gospel and, and my own thought and, and, and the memory for one of my better words that you brought it back to me. When I read uh, in, in the center part of the gospel passage today, what is this wisdom that has been granted to him and these miracles that we work through him? And... I went back in, in my memory to the times when, actually, when I'd been on pilgrimage. And maybe, like others, um, ordinary people, Joe Soaps, going out into various sites, um, we, we might have been looking for a cure or a miracle or a healing or whatever it might be. But like Mary McDade shared with us in the Reflection on Lockdown today, most of us didn't find it maybe in the preaching uh, or the teaching, or maybe in the prayers we said, on our knees or standing up or in the rain or whatever it might be. But the healing might have come, and often did come, through our encounter with other people. As Shane said, taking that chance, opening up to other people, listening to what they've got to share with us. And it reminded me, and I'll just finish this with something uh, by Michael Vertai this, this week, and he shared it with us, and he said... Lord, how often have you sent sent Jesus to us in the form of someone we knew well? But this person was just too ordinary for us. All we could see was the carpenter, the son of our neighbour, one of whose brothers and sisters was there with us. So we would not accept him. How true it is, Jesus said, that a prophet is only despised in his own country and among his own relations and in his own house. So that the great miracle you had in store for us could not be worked. Lord have mercy. And so, for me anyway, uh, the, the whole idea was 
um, that the, the Lord works the way the Lord wants to work, and He works miracles and He works healings through ordinary people. Let's just have the faith to be open up. So Shane said, just to give it all a chance and see what it leads us. So that about brings us to the end of the program. Um, uh, thanks again to, for Mary McDade for joining us this morning and Shane for inviting her. And uh, also, Shane, thanks a lot for coming back and sharing the Saints for the Week with us this week. It sounded much, much, so much better than last week. It took you about two minutes. It took me about five hours. And I was there. But anyway, thanks a lot for that. In the meantime, we'll have to go for that final piece of music. And this week, it's by John Michael Talbot, and it's entitled I Surrender. So that about brings us to the end of the programme this morning. Thanks again for staying with us. And please, God, join us again next week when we're trying to do it all again. In the meantime, for myself and Shane, God bless you now. Bye. Bye.